dig this. First 125, Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Meta. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line, we've got none other than Kyle Cowling. And uh, and Kyle, I, I really, I've, I really like what you, you're doing, and it's 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 new, and it's a great approach, and uh, you do a really good job of uh, of bringing things, some some hard things to talk about to to it, like um, to the light, and and but still doing it in an entertaining way. And yeah, uh, yeah man, you're whatever you're doing, you, you you're you're doing it well. And trying. It's all been, I guess, years of practice and building up to get to this point. Cause, I mean, what we're doing now is what I wanted to do for a long time. Uh, well, how so, long you've been in motocross media? Oh, uh, I got my start in the industry in two thousand two thousand seven. I mean, I grew up riding and racing my whole life, and then okay, um, you know, graduated high school. I was racing intermediate class on like a local level out in California. And then um, I just got to a point where I was like, "Whoa!" Like to get to the next level, riding and racing, I I I didn't have it. I was I, I knew it pretty quickly. I was like, "Oh, not quite a not quite there." And the amount of work it would take, I just didn't see the amount of work it would take for me to get to that next level. It didn't justify, you know, the amount of time and effort and money that would be spent to basically make peanuts. So you know, I ended up. And oh, I graduated high school in '05, and then <clears throat> got a job right out of high school. And then I think August of '05, I'd pretty much stopped riding and racing full time, um, and then just worked shitty job after shitty job after shitty job. And I had a relationship with Don Maeda at Transalm, um, just through his brother yeah. Ross, who who runs Enzo. Um, mm-hmm. And I was always doing photography because that's what. In high school, my junior and senior year, I took photo and just fell in love with it. Oh, I want to be a photojournalist. And then um, Don would kind of help me out here and there um, in 2007. Like, he would basically say, hey, I'll get you a credential to go shoot, you know, Hangtown or Washougal or whatever it is, Glen Helen. Um, But you got to cover your way to get to the races. And then, you know, whatever you shoot will potentially, if it's good enough, will buy it, you know, run it in the magazine. So... I did that in 07 just from working at shitty jobs would save up paychecks and then book a flight, go to Washoodle or whatever it was and shoot photos and hope that they would buy something. And thank God they started buying stuff and I was making a little bit of money off that on the side. And then in like December of 07, Don's original staff, they all quit to go start a creative agency. Um, so he ended up 
bringing me on full time in January of '08 as a associate editor, and I worked there for a little over a year, doing doing that whole whole uh, thing of traveling all the races, writing stuff for the magazine, doing some video stuff, but primarily like writing articles and doing photo galleries and stuff like that. That's kind of how it all kicked off. That's that's awesome, man. Well, I, I, you know, I'm gonna snip that out and use that in the uh, in the podcast so that you don't have to uh, basically regurgitate that exact same thing because that's uh, both annoying for yourself and tedious for me. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let, let's jump straight into this. Let's talk about okay. like I'd like to kind of break down uh, each episode that you've done so far. Uh, ask you uh, some of the uh, the struggles that have been uh, encountered through them, some of the most successful times that you've had with them, and then uh, kind of look forward to see uh, what. Uh, What's to come without giving anybody uh, too much information as to uh, how to steal your ideas? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole thing for the web series, uh, that I guess the idea started in like 2013 where I was starting to figure out through working for all these different websites and contributing content to them and whatnot that, you know, it's kind of what you're putting, the effort you're putting in versus what you're receiving in terms of compensa- compensation didn't really make sense. And especially, you know, there's no, you're not getting health benefits. There's no vacation time. There's no company cards. There's nothing like that. Um, so I was trying to figure out a way to, to do something a little bit differently. And then Vimeo on demand had launched, uh, or Vimeo had launched, uh, basically their on demand, uh, portion of their website where you could create content and then start, uh, selling it and monetizing your work. So I was like, oh, that'd be an interesting way to do it. Um, basically, it was like, wow, two years of thinking and planning on how to do it. And originally, it was just going to be a single individual uh, project that we did with Andrew Short, which turned out to be the first episode of the web series. Uh, originally, that was just going to be kind of a test run. Just do something cool and unique, maybe like 25 minutes, and put it out there for a couple bucks and see what happens. And then um, it, after we finished it, my business partner, um, Nick Teal, he was like, we should turn this into like a web series. Like, let's do six episodes. And I was like, okay, that's fine with me. Um, so I had saved up, um, some money from a previous job that I had. Um, so basically I ended up quitting that old job to start this whole deal. So together, Nick and I put in, you know, X amount of dollars to basically fund it for a year and see what happened. And it all, there was no real game plan ever. It was, it was just document these guys and see what we could get out of it and try to put together a cool story. I mean, we would put thought into like who we were picking and what their story was, but it was never like, Oh, we're going to try and, you know, stir up shit and have these guys say that or have them do that or anything like that. That just kind of organically happened somewhat unintentionally um so it it it, uh just kind of slowly started taking off and then once we got into like episodes with our amateur kid from season one uh joaquin falden he had some interesting uh, things to say about the amateur scene um things that I, i didn't know where he stood on on this current state of the amateur scene and so the stuff he said i was stoked to capture but at the same time i'm like whoa this is you know could ruffle some feathers and that sure enough it did it made some people angry and then that 
kind of spilled over into the episode with Sean Collier. And that whole thing was, again, kind of unintentional. Like, we had shot for, like, 10 hours that first day. And at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, let's do the interview if you're still up for it. I'm like, okay. And it's, like, 9 o'clock at night. We're both exhausted. And I don't know if that helps because he was just, you know, kind of tired and just going with the flow. And he just kind of, he let loose. Had a lot of things to say. And it's funny because that, that episode really stirred up some shit, some shit and, like, made a lot of people oh, yeah. angry. And uh, and I, 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 I understood where those people were coming from. But I, I was always saying, hey, I'll put the raw interview online for people to watch. And they can hear me ask my questions. I'm not baiting these guys to say anything. I'm not trying to set them up to get them to say something specific. It's all pretty I feel like what I ask is pretty basic, straightforward, nothing nothing really groundbreaking or like really trying to push them to get to say something. It's I don't know if it's just a comfort thing excuse me, a comfort thing these guys kinda of develop with us or, or what, but it it he just went after it and had a lot of things to say and then that the backlash that we got with that was, uh, it was interesting. It was a little frightening for me just because this is my sole income. This is how I make a living. So when trailers for these episodes started getting pulled down from websites and people were being told not to post this or share that or don't talk about this or that, um, obviously uh, there was, for a little bit, I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, man, I, I, people are trying to essentially make sure that I can't collect a paycheck at the end of the month because that's what it was coming down to. Um, but it, it, uh, and then some of it, I mean, I take blame for some of it too, because I took to social media and I had, you know, probably said some stuff I shouldn't have said that maybe fueled the fire even more, but it came from, you know, uh, you know, being frustrated and, and, and tripping out that to an extent it felt like the, the people running the dirt bike industry, if you will, or the people who have these brands or whatever that have power were trying to control the type of content that was coming out and trying to basically censor what we were doing because they have money or they have power or whatever. They can do this or that. And we're the little guy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a nobody, you know, I'm just some dude making these things. And all of a sudden, you know, these sponsors and, and companies and stuff, they don't get to say in this stuff at all. They're not paying for us to do this. You know, they didn't hit us up to hire us to do this stuff. They have no affiliation with any of it. And the fact that the writers, each episode, and this is the other thing too, each episode we build it out how we think is cool and tells a uh, compelling story. And then I send it to each. You still there? It's not on us at all. And that's, Part of the reason I, I think it kind of helps between myself and the writers to have a, you know, a relationship built on trust because they know that I'm not going to put anything out there that they do not sign off on. And um, I think that's what made some people upset too, is that they knew that guys like Collier or uh, Joe from the previous episode, they got to see these episodes prior to them being released and they got to have the final say. The fact that they said, right. yeah, we, we like to put this out there. I think that even fueled the fire a little bit more with some of these sponsors and industry people and whatnot. And, dude, it was gnarly. Like, it was, it was, there was, like I said, for a little while, I was, like, freaking out. Like, what am I going to do? And 
Nick, my business partner, thank God, he he like talked me off the ledge a couple times. Like, you know, he's he's got good business sense and he knows how to handle those types of things. And uh, compared to me, I can be a little bit more, I guess, run off, you know, emotion and what I'm feeling in that moment. And he knows how to kind of calm me down and let me know, hey, it's going to be cool. This is a good thing that this is happening. Um, and sure enough, it was. I mean, it ended up like people got interested and that really drove a ton of traffic to the web series and, and picking up viewership and, and all that stuff. So in a, a weird way, it all worked out for the better, honestly. Just an unintentional yeah. way of it happening. Well, these things that can easily uh, ruffle feathers and uh, in a lot of ways, uh, my, my reaction to those who wouldn't be excited about what's being uh, put out there is the don't let that be reality in the first place. Uh, yeah. If you don't want someone talking about how you mis- mistreated them or how you may have hurt them or uh, we didn't treat them with a certain amount of respect or left them with a bad taste in their mouth, um, don't don't take advantage of somebody. Don't uh, let somebody uh, leave with a bad taste in their mouth uh, because uh, it, th- those those realities may come back to uh, to, to devalue uh, your business. Because uh, if that's the reality, then um, then like it, it has to be it has to be able to uh, come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And a lot of the stuff, and I mean, a lot of the the heat that we got came came really in regards to Sean Collier's episode, and I. And I, you know, I've said it a bunch to people who have asked me, but I didn't know with Sean, I didn't know that those were his, his, his viewpoints on anything. I didn't, I didn't know his, what his relationship was like with his father when, uh, excuse me, when they were amateurs, but he volunteered that information. I had, I had no idea. I think my question to him was, you know, Hey, you know, let's talk about your amateur career and what was that like for you? Was there pressure from sponsors or your parents or was it pretty mellow? Go have fun. Whatever happens, happens. It's all good. And, you know, he, he just went into the, the issues with his pops and all that stuff. And things are resolved now. Everything's, you know, they have a great relationship now. And it was, he was just very candid and open about it. And, and you know, I, I was like, well, at the time, I didn't even know what was happening. Like, I was just like, well, this is, this is cool. But then once I, like, sat down and, like, rewatched everything and started editing everything, I'm like, damn, all right. He really put it out there, which was great. Like, I think people want to know that type of stuff. It's interesting. It, it separates what we're doing from what the, the, you know, standard media guys are doing, the websites and whatever, which, you know, I understand that what they're doing needs to be a certain way because they have ad dollars coming in and that's what pays for everything. But, you know, they can do that and let us do our thing. And, you know, we're good. So uh, with the uh, when, when the cameras were rolling with Sean, uh, at what point did you realize that uh, you had something uh, truly special on your on your hands? As uh, as I I gotta imagine, as he continued to talk, uh, your eyes continued to widen as to uh, the words that were coming out of his mouth, uh, both uh, shocking to you and uh, and and you knew you knew would be shocking to uh, your your viewers as well. Yeah, I think for me when he he talked about his relationship when he was young with his with his uh pops, you know, and, and the fact that it got to a point where he, you know, hit his dad, you know, and that 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 I was like, Oh, okay. And then um I think there there was another part too where he he, he makes a reference to uh Carmichael, you know, and being called the goat and the nickname and all that stuff. I was just like, damn, like, all right. Like I was, it was, 
really refreshing to hear someone say that type of stuff. You know, whether you agree with his point of view or not, it was, to me, it was cool to hear someone just kind of come out and and share their personal, you know, experiences and opinions, because that's what it is. It's People were all yeah. upset about what he said, but it's like, this is what he went through. Like, these are his personal experiences, or these are his personal opinions. And, you know, that's, everyone's entitled to them. I mean, people don't like us, you know, because of what we're doing, and that's fine. That's their opinion, and that's, you know, they can believe that, you know, we're a bunch of dickheads for, you know, doing what we're doing. That's fine. Like, cool. You have your thoughts. We have our thoughts. Move on, you know. Well, the rule of thumb for me is that if you're not pissing anybody off, you're not doing anything relevant. Yeah, dude, I, I've been working for you know all these websites and stuff over the years, learned a ton, but I never did anything that was like, you know, making people angry. And I, again, with this web series, it was, and it's still not, but it was never the intention of, well, we're going to do this just to go throw a middle finger to to everybody and make everybody upset. I was wasn't the goal and it's not the goal it's the goal is to just share true and honest stories of what goes through like what happens with these guys you know in their careers you know and i i don't know it's just been interesting i i think for the most part we've actually gained quite a quite a big following of people who really appreciate what we're doing um but yeah it was once we were starting to get the I guess the hate, if you will, from people, uh, you know, it's like, oh man, this sucks. But then at the end of the day, it's like, all right, it's a good thing because people are talking and you're making some sort of impact on, you know, the sport, whether it's small or big. I, you know, I, I don't know, but people are talking good or bad. So. Uh, so, um, like, obviously, uh, the, the episode with Sean was groundbreaking, and uh, for for it to be put out out in uh, to be heard for the public to hear, many of those words were stuff stuff that we've heard uh, in, in in private conversations. You hear it almost every single weekend about like uh, like certain nicknames that aren't uh, aren't um, doesn't deserve to have that moniker, or someone uh, that uh, isn't who they show themselves to be in in the public eye. Um, yeah, but uh, very. Very, very uh, seldom do you actually have it like uh, as public as that uh, and, and out for everyone to see. Um, but uh, how do you replicate that again? How do you catch lightning in a bottle once again, knowing that uh, um, people are, are kind of uh, there? There might be a few athletes that are kind of on the lookout for a guy like yourself to to not fully uh, uh, let uh, thing let the shit fly with with both barrels. Yeah, it's. Uh been kind of interesting we're you know in the middle of shooting the second season right now and uh one interesting thing is that that we actually there's been a lot of a lot of writers that have reached out to us like directly saying hey you know would you want to do something we'd love to be a part of it um but then there's also the pressure of trying to like you said capture lightning in a bottle a second time and the first season i feel like there was a lot of happy accidents that happened like just just pure luck of certain things that we caught or, you know, certain moments when these guys said certain things. I'm like, man, I don't know if that'll ever happen again. And so the second season, it's, I feel like there's, there's some pressure because, you know, what happened with the first season and I don't know if we can do it as cool as, as, as it was the first season again, but 
Um, so far, it's actually been pretty good. Um, uh, we got a lot of, and again, which was kind of, it's been somewhat unintentional, but we've got quite a few, I, I think, pretty big names in this second season. And everyone has watched the first season and they have a good understanding of what it's about. And and so with that, I think it's maybe helped our interview process even more because they know, like, they're in a they're in a position where they can say, you know, whatever they feel like saying. And like I said earlier, they know that we can always go back and remove stuff, add stuff, redo stuff if they want. Um, so we, I, there's a lot of interesting things that we've already captured. That I'll, you know, like guys like Christian Craig, we just finished shooting his episode. And, he talks uh, quite in depth about his relationship with his father. Um, and he brought it up first. I didn't even get, I didn't even ask a question about his dad. I wasn't even to that point in the interview yet. He voluntarily brought it up during one of his answers. And then we talked about that for a while. And he was very open about it, very open about, you know, his relationship with both his mom and his dad. And, you know, we have guys like Weimer as well. And Jake had a lot to say about his time with factory Kawasaki. Um, and then where he's at, you know, currently in his career. And so it's, I, I think we're on a good path right now to, I, I think hopefully have just as successful as this season as the first one, but I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I'm nervous. I mean, there's, I feel like there's pressure, but I'm trying to just stay true to the formula that we have and not change anything or overthink anything. Yeah, cause I can have a tendency to overthink things pretty bad. So I'm just trying not to, you know, overthink what we're doing and just stay true to what we did the first season. I think we're all a little bit guilty about that, but uh, I got to ask, uh, how have you developed as a, as a, a storyteller, as an interviewer? And uh, do you ever go back to some of the stuff that you did earlier in your uh, professional career, look at it and just kind of shake your head at uh, what the heck was I doing? How did I uh, hold down a job putting put stuff like this? Yeah, all the time. I, I was just talking about this with someone the other day, actually, like about, I'll go back and I, I always watch everything I do. Like, you know, even whatever the last project was I, I, I did, I'll go back and I'll watch it and rewatch it. And there's always things that you see that can be better. And especially in my older stuff, I'm just like, Oh my God. Like some of it's really embarrassing to watch. And it's like, man, what was I, what was I thinking? Why, why did, why did someone say, yeah, that's cool. Like, let's run that. Um, yeah, I think about that all the time and I'm never, uh, content, I guess with, what we put out it because to me everything can always be better um and especially with what we're doing it's like i want everything to be the absolute best it can be and you're going to make mistakes you're going to learn from those mistakes and the next time you're going to be better um so i'm just constantly trying to learn and not be content and not try to you know i don't think i'm someone who has much of an ego or or anything like that i you know like i said earlier i've had a bunch of crappy nine to five jobs working at Disneyland and Target and Starbucks and, you know, some other places. And so I've kind of had to work my way from, you know, the bottom to get into the position where I'm at now. I mean, 10 years ago, no joke, 10 years ago, this time I was working at Disneyland on the jungle cruise and driving a boat telling jokes and it's going in the circle. And I'd quit riding. No one knew who I was in the industry. I was an absolute nobody. And now 10 years later, after, you know, being fired from jobs, quitting jobs, 
you know, just progressing. I'm <clears throat> in the position I'm in now where we have our own business and we're working with some of the best guys in the in the industry. And it's for me, I never take it for granted. Um, I I appreciate every day of it. Even my worst day shooting is still better than my best day at a nine to five job that I ever had. You know, so try to always just keep learning, stay humble, and and let the work you know try to speak for itself. Hey everybody, this is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial, and we'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. In motocross, everyone wants one common thing. To simply enjoy the ride. Sand, clay, loam, concrete, and everything in between. Riders all want to be able to enjoy their ride. But today is arena cross. Tomorrow is Glen Helen. And Saturday, we're heading to this gnarly sand track. How can we be sure our suspension is always dialed in? For most, employing a full-time practice technician is unrealistic. And even for those who have one, setting suspension is still a chore. Get a measuring tape, scratch a mark on the fender or rear number plate, and attempt some backward math to find 105 millimeters. Does this tape even have millimeters on it? Forget that. Head to Motul. Dot co today and set your sag every time you ride with the Slacker Digital Sag Scale. Let's hear from Johnny Casebeer himself on how this thing works. So uh, really basically you would just uh, stick it on your axle with the magnet, stick the clip on your side plate basically where the arc of the axle would hit the side plate and then uh, pull out the retractable cable, hook it to the clip, and turn it on, and then just take the bike off the stand and, and take a measurement. It's that easy. Trust tuning your suspension to Johnny Casebeer and Motul MX. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than air and stronger than steel. So what that means is it can move 
2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear offs, zip off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone look is the right system for the job. When it comes to four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today. And never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Totally. It's what keeps you hungry is those uh, those jobs that you did not enjoy doing. Uh, I, myself, uh, a bricklayer by trade. My dad started me uh, bricklaying at the age of 18, and I've done it every summer <laughs> since. Yeah. And uh, that actually, I, I was laboring at thirteen. I was laying bricks by eighteen, mm-hmm. and uh, it's no fun. It's it's the it's the shittiest job that I've ever had. I've done way many too many days of it, 
And yeah. that's what keeps me driving to want to continue to do this sport, to, to travel the series. And I, I hear all the, the, the athletes and the, uh, the media guys, they complain about the, the travel. I will take a shitty plane ride over uh, or 45-pound concrete blocks every single fucking day of the year. Yep, yep. I, like, I, yeah, I see I, a tweet about, like, oh, red-eye flight. It was like, oh. Fuck you, 65-pound 65, 65 face blocks that rip up your hands and yeah. fucking and lime mortar that gets into your fucking fingernails. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> save it. Yeah, exactly, man. I, last year, so last year for season one, we drove from Southern California to, um, where did we go? To uh, Florida to shoot with uh, Luke Renslin. Excuse me. Great his, kid. Yeah, love that kid. I love, yeah, I love Luke. He, he. It's what's great about this. Yeah, what's cool about the series is with a lot of these guys, we kind of developed like friendships afterwards because they, you know, they let us spend so much time with them. You become close with these guys. So Luke's one of those guys where he's, you know, I'd consider him a. He's a, a friend of mine. He's a good dude. But uh, yeah, we drove from Southern California in my truck all the way to Luke's place in Florida shot for three days in Florida and then from there drove two hours to Daytona to shoot the Daytona Supercross with Luke. Then from Daytona, the next day drove straight uh, to Oklahoma to shoot at Canard's house with Jimmy Albertson, spent four days in Oklahoma. And then from there drove to Texas. Was Ronnie Mack there? What's that? Was Ronnie Mack there? Ronnie Mack was not there. The bike was Hmm. uh, in pieces. So Ronnie, you know, he was not, He's nowhere to be found. Yeah, he was MIA, yeah, unfortunately. Um, so after Oklahoma, we drove to Texas to shoot with Andrew Short, spent a handful of days to Shorty, and then drove back home. We were on the road for, I think, 30 days total, something like that, just crazy, just nonstop, like drive, sleep overnight somewhere if we needed to, and then get to the location, shoot, pack up, and head to the next spot. And when I tell people that story, they're like, oh, that, that had to have sucked. And it's like, no, I I loved it because I'd been working my ass off my whole life to get to a point where I'm in a position like that. You know, I, to me, what sucked was when I worked at Target or, or Starbucks or whatever it is. And you're making, you were a barista. I was a barista for like two weeks and then I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's some, some common themes, my friend, I, I've been uh, fired or, or quit from just about every job that uh, was either retail or, yeah. Something I really didn't want to do, mainly because I need—I can need to work for myself and/or my yeah. dad, who uh, mm-hmm. just t- p- puts up with my shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, it, you know, like I said, it's just funny when people are like, "Oh, that that had to suck doing that much driving." Like, no, man, I I loved it. I loved every second of it. And if I had to, I would I would do it right now in a heartbeat. I would do that whole trip over again in a heartbeat, no question about it. Because, like I said, I've worked my ass off to be in a position like that before. I'm gonna. I appreciate moments like that you know that's what why i'm doing this fair enough well uh it, it can't all be uh sunshine and rainbows what are some of the greatest struggles that you uh, uh meet uh on either a daily basis or uh that you've that you've ran across over the years uh of either uh sponsors not wanting their their guy to to work with you or it's just some guys that are hard to track down or uh, just frankly, some guys who uh, like uh, you, you try and get some, some stuff out of them, or uh, a good uh, interview, or uh, some good footage, and uh, sometimes guys just uh, they they don't have ability to give it to you. 
Yeah, you know, I haven't. I mean, thankfully, I haven't had anything to, like really like that. I mean, in terms of struggles, the biggest thing for me, for me, has been the financial aspect of it. Like trying to make money at doing what what we do, and I've had people that are like younger kids that ask me, "Oh, you know, how do I get a how do I get your job? Like, I want to do what you do, and blah blah blah." And, I, and it sounds kind of dick, like a dick thing to say, but I, I usually tell them, "Don't do this." Like, don't get into this industry because you're going to make not very much money and people are going to try and, and take advantage of you. It's more about, you know, people, you know, bro deals, if anything. You know, when you bring up, oh, yeah, you know, here's a quote, you know, I want to get paid for it. And then the client's like, oh, well, we were just going to give you T-shirts or stickers. And you say, well, that, those T-shirts and stickers don't pay my water bill or my electrical bill or my insurance or rent or anything like that. Um, no, I can't eat your stickers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are the stickers so, made of pizza. <laughs> yeah. So there is, dude. There was one point. Oh, uh, I don't know, 2012, 2013, or somewhere around there. I don't remember when, but um, I was barely making any money doing doing this stuff, and I was contributing to websites, and it got to a point where. I was making enough, just enough to cover my bills. And that was it. Like, I don't leave the house. Don't go eat anywhere. Don't have fun because there's no money for it. And it got to a point where I ended up being like negative, I don't know, like a couple hundred bucks in my bank account. And I remember I got like two shoots lined up, but I had no money in my bank account. I was negative money in my bank account and I had no gas in my truck. So I, no bullshit, could not leave my house to even go to the these shoots to do my job to collect a paycheck to get out of the red. Like yeah, it was that. I can't even afford to work. Yeah. I, it was like no bullshit. Dude. I legitimately could not afford to work because I had negative money in the account. I had to cancel shoots. And then, uh, thank God my, my best friend since freshman year of high school, he like, we were hanging out one day and I'm like, so I was talking about like, I don't know what I'm going to eat. Like we don't have anything at home to eat. He's like, What's why? What's wrong? I'm all dude. I don't have any money. Like, and I explained to him what was going on, and then he ended up giving me ten bucks in cash that he had in his wallet. He's like, "Here, like this is all I have right now, but you know, we can go get you something to eat." And I made that ten bucks stretch for like a week. I no no joke ate Taco Bell. I think every day that was what I ate. I was on a Taco Bell diet because that's all I could afford. And Taco Tuesday, it, baby. I can get a couple burritos and a drink for three bucks. You know, so I stretched that 10 bucks for as long as I could. And then eventually was able to get out of the hole that I'd done myself in and, you know, get back to a normal life, I guess. But those are really the biggest struggles is just the financial aspect of it, trying to find a paycheck and, and stressing each month. Like, Oh, do I have enough money to pay my bills. And, you know, I'm not in this to try and make, you know, a ton of money by any means, but, you know, I want to live, comfortably and be able to pay pay your bills and go out and eat and hang out with your buddies and there's been a couple of times where it was it was pretty bad like remember even one time I had a shoot and thank god the 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 client like they paid for everything but I was tripping out I'm like man I have I think I had $11 to my name at the time I'm like man I hope I don't know if I should bring this up and let them know or like I'm just not going to eat anything and thank God they covered all the expenses for us on the on the project. But I was like, 
oh man, this is going to be an awkward conversation if I have to like say, hey, I don't have eleven dollars to my name, and they're going to look at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Yeah, no, that's exactly it. Like I've, I've, uh, that's that's the struggle that I deal with, and the fact that I would love to be able to say, okay, I'm not going to lay bricks anymore. I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, focus only on uh, on 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 doing the podcast. And of course, if I, the more I lay bricks, the more the podcast suffers. But the more yeah. uh, the podcast does well, the more I particularly suffer. And uh, if if I continue to to, to focus solely on the motocross uh, side of things, I'll probably die of starvation sometime in August. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 funny to say, but it's it's so true. And a lot of people, I don't think, quite realize it. They just see, oh, you get to hang out with, you know, Christian Craig or, or Jake Weimer or whoever it is. Oh, that's, that's so cool. You're hanging out with him doing this and doing that. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but it's also a job. Like, this is how I earn a living. And we have a ton of expensive equipment that, you know, it's like it ha- you not going to go shoot a project with my equipment that's you know fifteen thousand dollars worth of equipment when you're going to pay me five hundred bucks or three hundred bucks or whatever it is to do your video like it doesn't justify the amount of money i'm spending on the equipment that i have you know so it's and that's the other thing too with equipment is you just like we we have a good amount of equipment but it's all stuff that we've you know saved up over the years and you know, all right, well, we got this job. This job is going to pay this much. Cool. That can go, that money can go towards getting whatever item it is that we need for the next job, you know. So you just kind of, over the years, slowly build up your, uh, all your equipment and whatnot. You don't, at least for me, you don't just go out and buy everything right out, you know, in one single trip to the camera store. It's acquired over years of doing this stuff. Oh, I to- totally agree. And uh, like all too often, I've said uh, a thousand times in this podcast, um, if you're willing to do something for free, there's a thousand people waiting in line to let you do it for free. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had some companies reach out to me and, you know, pitch me on a project. And I'm like, okay, cool. What you know, And I'll ask what the budget is or, or I'll say, all right, cool. I'll send over a quote. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, we were hoping you could do it, you know, for, you know, product or exposure or, you know, we'll, we'll give you credit on social media. And it's like, okay. No, this is your okay. exposure. I'm doing you the favor. Yeah. It's it's like, I'm pretty sure you're, you're getting paid a paycheck, right? From your job. And this is my job. So why should I not be getting paid a paycheck too? You know? Right. It's, it's still a job that you love to do, but you, even if it's a, a job you love to do, you should still get paid money for it. And especially if you do a great job like you're doing. Yeah. And that, that's the thing that always like, it's tripped me out and I've learned to accept it now, but for a while I didn't understand it. It's like, just because I'm doing what I love to do, like that doesn't mean that I shouldn't get paid. Like how does that, and I've had, I've had people tell me that before. Like, Oh, well, you know, you're doing what you love to do, you know, and this is what you want. So what does it matter if you get, get a get a couple bucks and it's like what what do you mean like you don't go to your job and say oh i i i love you know making fun the only reason why you get paid is because you hate it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like, i i don't get it and i i've learned to accept it and realize that's just how unfortunately how it is and i think it's like that i'm not trying to single out the dirt bike industry i think that's how it is in probably almost anything you know there's going to be you know 
instances like that, but I just don't can't wrap my head around it. And that was a reason, one of many reasons why we wanted to do this web series. We're like, all right, well, screw all that. We're going to go create our own content and we're going to monetize it ourselves and, and see what happens. And like with the first season of this web series, my deal was if this doesn't work out, if this thing fails, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to quit. I'm going to sell all my camera gear, take that money, put it in the bank, and I'm going to go get a normal. I, I was going to go back to Disneyland. Like, no bullshit. That was my plan. I was like, I'll go back to Disneyland. I'll, I'll do that whole grind. I'll move up to the company if I can. You know, there's good, good health benefits, good, you know, they take care of their employees very well in terms of benefits and all that. That's what I was going to do. Like, that was the game plan. And thank God it, that <clears throat> I don't have to do that, at least yet. So far, everything is going pretty good. We have, you know, a photographer that we pay. We have a, a, a music guy that does all our music and sound design and audio engineering that we pay. We have a designer that we pay. Um, so everyone that's working for us, you know, we make sure they're not getting paid a shit ton of money by any means, but they believe in what the idea and the concept is behind this. And they're standing behind all of this and, and work, you know, working for not a ton of money and they're putting in a shit ton of work, but, they're getting paid, you know, it's the biggest thing is to make sure no one's going to touch it. No one's going to touch this stuff and not get paid, you know? So I think we're in a pretty okay position right now. Well, that's good. Let's put you in an even better uh, okay position. Where can people uh, go take in these, uh, um, the, the episodes, where can they uh, like, basically uh put put in some cash to uh to help the cause because yeah. uh these 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 episodes are really cool to watch i think they're going to open some people's eyes and uh yeah i like what you got going on man yeah they can go to uh vimeo.com forward slash uh on demand forward slash spectrum series or just go on vimeo.com and they can search spectrum or spectrum series and it'll it'll pop up in the search their search engine as well and it's uh, eight episodes. You can buy the episodes individually for $2.50, or you can buy all eight episodes for $14.99, I think it is. And the total runtime on the first season is four hours and four minutes. So you're getting, I would like to think you're getting a lot of bang for your buck with the amount of content. You know, the episodes range from 22 minutes all the way to 45 minutes long. Um, and it's, it's all there. There's, you know, a bunch of bonus content on the page as well that's free, um, just behind-the-scenes stuff, you know, random interview excerpts, um, just stuff like that. And that's that's where everything lives, and that's where uh, Season 2 will also be available there as well. So when does Season 2 kick off, and uh, um, what can we what can we look forward uh, to as far as uh, maybe not content, but... Uh, Maybe some uh, like some like maybe a flavor or a direction that you're you're hoping to, to uh, accomplish with season two. Uh, season two, I don't have a official release date yet, but it will it will be available. Right now, we're thinking July um, this this July. Um, that's that's the plan right now. We're we're way ahead of schedule this season compared to where we were last season at this point. Um, so we're looking like July. Yeah, that works. Um, and then in terms of the direction, uh, 
that's a tough one because people have been asking me that, like, oh, is it going to be the same direction or is it going to be different? Um, I, I don't know, man. It's it's going to be, you know, more bigger name guys, I think. Um, but it's still going to be just as open and honest and, you know, the same idea of showing a, a, a behind-the-scenes look at these guys' lives on a daily basis, you know, at home at the track, at the gym, uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, I'm going to stay true to the whole, you know, honest look behind the scenes of what these guys go through on a daily basis, what they've been through um, type of thing. I think it might be a little more upbeat perhaps compared to season one because I had, I've had some people tell me that they thought season one was really good, but that it was maybe a little too dark or too sad. Um, which wasn't, again, I mean, it's not intentional. It's just how... Shame on you. You made us look like we're, we have no fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it'll be a little, probably a little bit more upbeat, but it's still going to stay true to the, you know, giving these guys a, a, a place to have a voice and speak their mind and, and you know, say say what they're comfortable saying and, and share their stories. You know, and one of the guys I'm like super excited we got it was Christian Craig um, and we just finished shooting his whole episode uh, Tuesday I think we spent like three or four days with him and the family and interviewed Christian interviewed his wife and um, there's just Did you interview Jagger? No but Jagger is going to have a lot of appearances throughout the episode he's definitely uh, Good. my girlfriend will like that yeah, that kid is a, man, that kid is a, a cute dude, like, just a full-on character, full of funk and personality. Like, every time I would step away from my camera, he would, like, run up to the camera and, like, try and, like, play with the tripod on the camera and, like, move it around and stuff from my camera bag. He kept trying to get into my camera bag. He was just, like, super curious about what we were doing, so... Um, I don't think that kid has met a, a camera or a microphone pop filter that he hasn't loved. <laughs> no, he's he's all about it. So it's going to be, it'll probably be pretty cool for him when he gets older and uh, looks back on this stuff and just like, oh man, I'll probably help him in the grill department too. <laughs> like, Oh, no doubt. You, <laughs> he goes out and just shows a couple of the video of him trying to take Jenny Cap, Jenny Cap's pop yeah. filter. Like, yep. Look how cute I am. Yep. Look how cute I am. Yeah, there like, is, yeah. When uh, we were shooting with him, he has like a little play area at their house, and um, he's like showing, like showing off all his toys to the camera. But then, like as I'm rolling, he starts like he walks up to the camera and he starts like putting his face to the lens and like trying to touch it, like to see what's inside there. And uh, the whole mm-hmm. thing he kept trying to grab the microphone too. So the whole thing was tapped, like you know, I was rolling. So it'll be pretty. Uh, pretty funny and cool to to show that stuff to the public when that episode comes out, which I will tell you, Christian's episode will be the last episode of the season, which is intentional because I think that's going to be one of the, the, you know, I don't want to say heavier, but like one of the more like, whoa, holy shit episodes. And that was with season one with Partridge and Zach Cummins being the final episode. That was also intentional because once we shot everything, I was like, holy shit, this has to be the last episode because there is some good content in here. So, Well, no doubt. Uh, he, the kid broke himself in half and his dad is Michael Craig. There's <laughs> there's a story there. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's a hell of a comeback story. Like, a hell of a comeback oh, story. Oh, unheard of. There's, 
Nobody takes that much time off and comes back and wins their first race. Nobody. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Like that, that is literally like what uh, Bradshaw tried to do in the nineties, but he Mm -hmm. didn't actually do it. No, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. And uh, Paige actually in her interview, Paige talks about that. She talks about people saying, uh, saying that, oh, he, he only has this ride because of Geico and all that stuff. And it's like, mm, yes and no, but, you know. He showed up ma- on, a fat, on a box stock Honda and got fifth in a moto. Yeah. At and Redbud. It, yeah. And it, it's like, even if that is it's the case, wheels. like, what does it matter? Because he's proven that he's worth that ride. You know, he's. He's winning races. He's on the podium every weekend. Like, yeah. so who, who well, cares? My argument to that is who who deserves yeah. it more? Yeah, exactly. Point someone out that deserves to have that ride more than he does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he see that guy. He's kind of for me. I like kind of look up to the dude. He's kind of inspiring. Just what he's gone through and then quitting and coming back to it. Like he is a driven guy. Like super motivated. He's the only guy that I've ever met doing all this stuff for as long as I have where he says, I'll be at the track at nine 30. I'm like, okay, cool. I get there, you know, like on Monday we shot a milestone. He's like, yeah, I'll be there at nine 30. I'm like, okay, cool. I get to the track at like nine 15. He's already geared up and on the track doing his motos. Like that's happened. I think happened to us twice now shooting with him where he says a certain time, but he's already there a half hour prior doing his gym workout or doing his motos on the track. And that's, I've never seen that with anybody before, you know, like he's, the dude is putting in the work and he's super motivated and fired up. That's just cool. It was cool to be around that and experience someone that's that motivated and, and driven. That that's, that's incredible in, in, in a world where there's guys uh, let that uh, in, in a sport where there are many athletes that are way too cool for school and uh, you would show up at nine thirty, and then at 10 o'clock you'd get a text message be like, Hey, sorry, bro. Uh, slept in, not going to be able to ride today. I've had that happen. <laughs> I've had that happen yeah. a couple of times with, with some people on the way. Oh my God. Like, cool. Thanks. Thanks, guy. Um, my yeah. gas money was actually free on the way here, and yeah. uh, my time isn't worth anything at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's. I've encountered that a, a couple of times, not a lot, thank God, but it's happened a, a few times, and then just like, oh, like driving up a wall. Like I'm, you know, spending my time to to do this because it's what I want to do, and also, you know, at the end of the day, it, it helps everybody. It helps me. It helps whoever the writer is, you know, with, you know, marketing yeah. and, and keeping your name out there. And when you run into that, it's just like, all right, well, I don't need to waste my time with you anymore. <laughs> no, I, I totally couldn't agree more. Kyle Cowling, it's, uh, it has been a pleasure to have you on the Big MX radio podcast. Um, before I let you go, um, where can people find you on social media so that they can get updates on, uh, on when the next video might be coming out? And, um, yeah, just like anybody else you'd like to thank for, uh, for making this all possible. Um, I, they can find me. Instagram is pretty much all I use in terms of social media. So it's at Kyle Cowling and Kyle is K-Y-L-E and then the last name C-O-W-L-I-N-G. Um, find me there. And then we have a business account too, which is at Fantasos Media and that's P H. 
A-N-T-O-S-O-S Media. I think I spelled that right. Um, so I post everything on my account and in the business account as well. Um, and then, I mean, the biggest thanks I got to give out to is is actually Chris Elliott for hooking, hooking us up and making this happen. Yes, sir. Uh, much appreciated. Chris is a good dude. I love that guy. Um, and then I mean, my business, my business partner, Nick Teal, he, I mean, we've been talking about doing this type of thing for several years now and he keeps me sane and not wanting to, you know, lose my mind and, you know, punch a bunch of holes in the wall. Cause like I said earlier, I can let some of this stuff eat me up a little too much. So he's, you know, handles our, our financial aspect of it in terms of accounting and, and taxes and, and kind of all the, the nitty gritty, not so fun stuff, and, and make sure everyone gets paid on time. And man, without him, I don't think I don't know where where we'd be, or if this season would even series would even be happening. He's helped out a, a ton and believed in my ability and lets me do my thing and and doesn't question anything, you know. So definitely don't know where uh, the series would be without uh, having him in, in my corner. When you get upset, does he just talk you off the ledge by letting you know that you guys don't have enough money to replace the drywall? <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. He's like, you can't do that. You can't afford to get mad right now. Yeah, that's, yeah, pretty much. And I get mad. I mean, I don't get mad a lot, but I just, I'll get, I guess I get stressed out. Like I, like I said, I just let, I'll let certain things just eat at me way too much. And then I call him and I'm like bummed out or not talking very much. And like, like I said, he just kind of, Put the all into perspective and, you know, lets me know that we we get through it. And, you know, there's been obstacle, obstacles that we've encountered over the last year and a half doing this where it's like, oh, man, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But he always reassures me that the light is there. And sure enough, we always seem to, to, to get through it. So. Right on, man. Yeah. Well, uh Appreciate you giving me some time. I'll no doubt uh, call you up to make you a repeat offender here on the yeah. Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. Cool. Sounds good. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.